0: Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 62, Thursday, October 31st, 2019, Halloween night, the final Halloween of this decade. I have a fun episode for you all today. Earlier this afternoon, I sat down with Eric Dewberry, a sports analyst and my coworker over at Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News. Not only does Eric have a PhD in communications, but he also has a wealth of writing experience and... He also has been modeling sports for a long time, so him and I, we took a deep dive into a few different handicapping topics, especially how we're treating home field advantage in the new age NFL, uh, where a typical home field is no longer worth what it used to be. We also spent time talking about the NBA and college hoops, handicapping, and then Eric offers up a few games that he's eyeing on this weekend's board. And then after the interview, I'll quickly offer a few best bets myself for college football in the NFL. And of course, we'll hear from our resident Doggy Juice degenerate, the Danimal, to hear what teams he's looking at uh, this weekend as well. But before I jump in to the interview with Eric, I want to thank Sam Panianovich again for coming on the podcast last week. It was so awesome to hear his takes and hear from a guy who was so well known and connected in the sports betting industry and truly one of the early pioneers of being an on-air talent in this space. Uh, back with his time in Beeson. So if you haven't heard that podcast yet, yeah, I would highly suggest you, you give last week's episode of Listings. We also deep dive into the Chicago sports teams, and that guy knows everybody. So he's he really got some really good takes in there. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to clear up. About last week's interview with Sam, though, we were discussing the Illinois sports betting law and the in-person mobile registration issue, and um, you know, I was stating how I think that's one of the biggest mistakes with the law. And Sam, you know, he gave his take, saying that he thought the in-person requirement was overblown, and he referred to his time in Las Vegas where in-person registration is also mandatory. And while that's true, Nevada is being left in the dust by, by New Jersey on this in states where it's not required. And New Jersey does not require you to register um, in person. So you're seeing the New Jersey numbers, I mean, their mobile numbers were th- like just off the charts and they continue to be that way. Um, Legal Sports Report uh, gave their September handle numbers based off states and and Pennsylvania, their September handle consisted of 81.3% of uh, bets from mobile. And in New Jersey, 84% of their handle came from mobile as well. Nevada's posting record numbers too, um, which is awesome, especially compared to last year. But you still have to register in person there, and their mobile numbers, you know, just based off the percentage of bets, um, it's, it's nowhere near, it's not in the same neighborhood. So uh, I still believe that Illinois is, is making a mistake. Um, I firmly believe so. Uh, when it comes to that aspect of the law, uh, just when you look at New Jersey and, and the handle that they get from mobile when it's you know, in-person registration is not required, but uh, if you look up the numbers, they really do support that case. So uh, Sam obviously knows his shit when it comes to sports betting, like truly knows his stuff. This is just one aspect where I disagree with him a little bit, but just wanted to get that off my chest because I had been pushed back in the episode last week, but uh, just something I, I wanted everyone to know um, just about the New Jersey law and how that is differentiated from from the existing Illinois law. Um, so that's it. Let's uh, let's get to today's interview with Eric Dewberry.
1: All
0: right, Doggy Juice Pod listeners, I am sitting down with Eric Dewberry, a sports analyst and my co-worker over at Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. He has a wealth of writing experience and I'm stoked to have him on here. How are you doing today, Eric? Happy Halloween happy halloween thanks for having me mike so before we dive into everything i mean we're we're going to talk about a few things here but um tell us a little bit about your background how did you first get into sports writing
2: uh it just it kind of you know one of these turn your hobby into career type paths um i you know was in academia for most of my career um Went and got a PhD. Was doing the whole instructor thing, and just my path led me to new career, new surroundings, and saw an internet um, advertisement for an internship at the Sporting News, uh, writing about sports betting. I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. You know, during my free time, I'm doing it anyways. I'm like, might as well try to like <laughs> make some money off of it. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I answered the ad. And, Got the thing and turned into a small time staffer, and um, mm-hmm. ever since I've been just kind of freelancing uh, with different outlets for the last five or six years, writing about sports betting, um, with like Cox Communications, a couple of newspapers, uh, and, and several offshore sites, and now now I'm with Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. So, hmm. so you have a PhD in communications? Is that true too? Yeah, yeah, in yep. media studies, and. Wow. Uh, kind of like a historical background like media history and a lot of sports history too so i've always been like a sports guy you know sports fan sports player whatever Mm -hmm. no i know like you're you're a guy
0: who likes to do models in the nfl and i know you really like college football as well so no it's really it's really awesome like working with you there because about chicago bed indiana news because you you bring a lot of experience from your your uh, past work and and obviously, you have a very like analytical mind and stuff too. So, um, how did you? Or I guess like let's backtrack
2: here. Let so you're you're based in Charlotte, correct? Have you been Have you been there the whole time? Uh, yeah, since I did the sports betting stuff, I have been. I've been here about seven years now. So, but prior to that, I was in Atlanta for about ten years.
0: Okay, so are, are your sports allegiances. To, to the Atlanta teams or have you adopted the the, no. or was it your bankroll? Your bankroll is
2: your allegiance? <laughs> yeah, bankroll is my allegiance these days. But growing up, I was always a Boston sports fan. I just, I had some family from the area. And, you know, I kind of grew up in Virginia and there was very few local teams outside of the Redskins. And, you know, you just kind of gravitated towards what other, other local connections you had. So. Mm. so then in terms of sports betting, what are your... What are your favorite sports to
0: bet? Um, and and you're also, like, I mean, I, your general thoughts on the sports betting industry too. I mean, you said you've been doing it for a while, but what are your what are your favorite sports?
2: I mean, my favorite sport probably is baseball. I, I do like betting on it, but obviously, football and basketball. Uh, the only sport I pretty much avoid is hockey. Not because I don't like it; I enjoy the hockey. And the one local team I've adopted is the Carolina Hurricanes. I like watching their games, but I man, I've just had you know, <laughs> zero <laughs> luck as far as modeling and everything else with it. Uh, yeah, I just kind of stay away from it. But yeah, I mean, typically football, basketball, you know, NBA is probably the easiest. You know, it's it's the most handicap handicapper, like friendly uh, professional sports. So I like betting it, um, but. Pretty much anything that I'm gonna watch on TV, I like to, have, you know, I like to at least look at and be like, well, should I have some action on this or not? Because it, you know, it obviously makes the game more enjoyable. So sure,
0: yeah, no, I mean, that's I feel like that's the reason why most people get into it in the first place. You know, you're watching the games, you just want, just gives you that extra skin in the game. Right. You know, that's, no, you're, that's why. you're
2: right. It's it's that extra layer. It's like you know the whole appeal of sports, anyways, is like the randomness factor, right? You know, like when a team upsets another team, and like when you're actually diving into, like, the betting figures and numbers and trying to, you know, make your own predictions or whatnot, you know, it's like you're magnifying that kind of, you know, that climax, if you will, from Mm -hmm. from that, like, you know, inherent randomness and luck that's involved in every single sporting outcome. Oh, exactly and so it, that's that's what, that's what makes the betting that much more appealing is like you're like <laughs> right. doubling down on it almost
0: <laughs> right and then you're, you're pulling more hairs out of your <laughs> yes, head exactly. at the end of it. It's just like extra the, the, the lows are extra low the highs are extra high but
2: exactly uh,
0: but yeah no i mean back to your NBA point too like i kind of gave up i mean i guess it's like our first rabbit hole we could dive down here I, I gave up even trying to to model and and uh and, and handicap the mba a couple years ago just because the like the the lineups, like the coaching with tanking and stuff. You just can't predict that stuff on a day. And I guess that does like, that does open itself up for, for more, uh, more edges in the marketplace. If you can get ahead of that stuff, especially like team news and stuff. But I just, it came to the point for me a couple of years ago. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to punt NBA almost entirely and just focus more on college basketball because those lines are a lot softer, especially the smaller conferences. And, and, uh, but I, I don't know, you said you, you like the NBA or handicapping NBA though.
2: Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It's, it's completely honest and true. It's just, for me, it's just the NBA is a little easier to, like, you know, the talent dispersion in the league is is vast, you know. Yeah. So it's a little easier to kind of, like, um, you know, kind of narrow down that gap, which then mm-hmm. makes handicapping a little bit easier. I mean, like, if you look at just kind of the overarching numbers, you know, home court advantage is stronger as you know, in the NBA as a professional league than any other sport, you know, because of Mm -hmm. that talent dispersion. Uh, And just like when you look at when favorites win versus when underdogs win in the NBA, you know, favorites are going to take care of business more often than say in the NFL or the NHL or major league baseball. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just, there's more data, there's more samples, (laughs) you know, it's easier to like crunch those numbers and and try to basically, like, erase all the randomness and noise that goes along with every single possession shot, whatever. Um, but, like you said, you know, it's hard to, like, you know, find out those, like, subjective-type things that are going on with players and with coaching and all that, and, you know. Yeah. But, like, when I model, NBA is one of the few, like, leagues I actually model by player, you know. I just typically look at the starting lineups and then plug in certain stuff and let it go. But... <clears throat> And sure. you know certain players shine when playing with other players, and it just—it's a lot of work to do it. And I don't even have an NBA model this year because I just don't have time to make it. <laughs> or yeah, up, no. updated at least. But um, yeah, well, it's like the season starts earlier now in the NBA too. So it's just like even you
0: know usually you get that first game around around today. You know, like I remember Halloween was usually yeah. the the tip off, and now you know they've moved it up a couple of weeks, and it's right smack dab in the middle of. Of the college football season, you got major league, you know the right. postseason, and that's going on. So it's it's just that much harder to, to do preseason work on the NBA.
2: Yeah, totally. And yeah, you know, there's a few like just kind of situations that I just have highlighted. And when I see one pop up one night, then I'll look at the game and just dive a little deeper into it and be like, eh, I might want to play this, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Like Utah last night against the clippers
2: <laughs> well, I, didn't, I don't have anything tonight, nor did I have mm-hmm. anything last night, but you know there's just you know there's just certain situations that tend to you know clip right above fifty two point four percent every year, and then you know if you can like pinpoint those games and dig a little deeper, then you can build enough confidence to you know maybe lay your own money on that bet or whatever so so uh, to that end, along those lines. I've noticed, too, Like I feel like the NBA
0: market, I guess the sports betting market generally could apply this to that. Um, it's just getting so much sharper oh, or more God. sharp. Um, and, and some of those angles, I feel like, are being priced at like, so M- NBA in the playoffs, home teams, you know, are teams down 0-2 heading home for the game three, first yeah. halves. It, it, ridiculous, historical uh, against the spread cover rate and, and I feel like now it's like past few years I'm always looking to play that angle I've been doing that for years but I've noticed that you know in the playoffs past couple of years that you're getting that's totally factored into the yeah. line now you're getting like you know like a, a full game spread of of let's say of, of, of five or four but then you're seeing a pick them in the first half you know it's the market it's, uh,
2: is uh I mean the betting market is it it's it's hard and getting harder <laughs> yeah um, I mean it's just too good it's the the market's so efficient now that it's like you know, any prediction yeah. model that you make, you know, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be more accurate or informative than what the closing line is once, right. the, once the public gets to it, you know, you can make a good model and hope to hit like two, three, four percent better than it, which you can, but still long term, if you're not adapting and adjusting to it constantly. I mean you're eventually just going to lose out to the vidge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to stay it, it's a lot of work. You got to stay above the game if you will or on top of the game and um, yeah. and like you said with all the big data and the, people more more people attuned to like stats and analytics i mean it's just uh it's hard
0: it's hard hard (laughs) and yeah i mean you spent you said you've been doing this for for like 20 years and i I imagine like even i mean from what i've heard like even like a decade ago it was just a completely different landscape i mean which which makes sense because you know just advances in technology and the ability to just to gain that information in this twitter era yeah. that we live in you know everything's just immediate all the information's out there for everybody
2: yeah i mean i was i was never like a major player but i mean mm-hmm. i've been you know betting on sports since college and it's like you know at first i was just kind of chunking money on games that i was watching at whatever side yeah. i uh, <laughs> uh, i think a shark could beat a pirate in a battle you know but anything <laughs> but you know i would say about 10 years ago is when i really started picking up more of the stats based stuff and, Part of it just comes with like the research background. It's just like you know everything you're taught to do in academics is like you know prove your point, prove your point, prove your point, and it's the same thing when you're laying money down on a on a sports bet, right? Yeah, so. it's almost like
0: baseball where you're, you know a good hitter. You know, you fail seven out of ten times in sports betting. If you fail forty five out of a hundred, you are a great long term sports better. So it's just <laughs> it's, all, it's yeah. all about um you know just a, compiling those like you said those two, three, four edges uh, and, and, and it's going grind, from there. Though. I mean, it's, it is. it's a ton of work. It is, it is. And like bankroll management stuff too, like along those lines, I mean, that's, I've just, the more mm. I've, I've, I've done this, that's, that's the absolute key. And that's by far the hardest yeah. uh, aspect of being a better just because you can, you know, it's so hard when you're you're trying to hit that 55% uh, gold standard and it's hard like to, you know, when you lose a few in a row, not to put a little extra or something like that, but you got you know, remaining true to your, To your process is like the only way that you can do it in the long run. Otherwise, that's it. You know. Yeah,
2: I fell victim to some of those, you know, (laughs) wrong money management things early in my Uh, in my betting careers. uh, Never, never again. (laughs)
0: Yeah, as have I. As have I. Those chasing with that Hawaii game on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Everybody's been there. Yeah. And and there's something to be said for even like at this point, you know, where, you know, I I feel like I've you know I'll never master it, but like. But, you know, I feel like I have my my emotions in check with my bankroll management, but but at the same time, some of those days where you just know, hey, I can put a little money down in this last game to to bring a winning day. You know, i have seen red figures and <laughs> I can get into black with this last game, even though I don't see an edge in the game. It's it's extra tempting to you know, to, yeah. to do that. But I feel like uh, long term, long-term thinking has to prevail.
2: Yeah, it's it's more about entertainment these days, but I have fallen down that hole before. <laughs> So let's, let's actually talk about, you know, some, I guess,
0: handicapping stuff. Okay. You're, one of the things that you are tremendous at and your writing is, is your use of with long-term trends and historical trends for it. And And I know like, you know, some certain handicappers, like Mark Lawrence, they've been around doing this stuff for, for a long time. And, and this kind of ties in with what we were saying before about, you know, about trends and, and the market catching up and, and factoring in these trends into the betting line. And, I'm curious to hear like what your thoughts are on on trends and, and whether you know sometimes if they're narrative or predictive I, that's the first thing i always look at when i see a trend and if i'm analyzing a trend because i'm yeah. always skeptical and it's i guess it's my nature as as an as an attorney to, to just be skeptical of anything but but i always look to see if the trend is is more narrative or if it actually does offer predictive value and if it yeah. does it's gonna it's obviously the market like you said before it's gonna correct itself and it's so efficient that yeah. over time, like it, the that NBA first halves being a perfect example, Um, or even like, you know, like the Utah Jazz or teams playing back to backs in the second game, um, you know, in Denver or, or at, El, you know, at elevation and, and uh, yeah. yeah. So like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on, on trends being narrative versus predictive and also yeah. like how you, how you go about finding that stuff.
2: Yeah. I, <sighs> I mean, I think I use trends, I use like, you know, situational trends, not just, you know i I try to like put things into groupings with specific criteria just to give myself a little bit more confidence in where my money's going <laughs> uh, it's not you know any single thread you read on any site is you know it's not statistically relevant <laughs> you right. know in the long in the you <laughs> know in the long scheme in the big scheme of things there's it does not infer the difference between correlation and causation there's just not a <laughs> sample size there but right. um it can help provide you with certain betting angles that the market might not you know be you know, valuing as much maybe mm-hmm. uh or certain betting angles that you know you could like you know like i said help boost your confidence it's like you're not going to go buy a car and not do any research right <laughs> so if the more of that you could get the better you'll feel about your bet right <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe, almost like maybe you'll go back to that well later you know type thing so um uh-huh. but you know it I use it as like a, you know, kind of like a quick and dirty way to kind of single out games just to, to wager you know, mm-hmm. when I'm not modeling stuff. But right. even when well, I'm modeling stuff, I still like to go back to them. Just like I said, as that extra like confidence boost type thing. Right. But I, you know, it's, it's, but like you said, you know, I like to do kind of situational trends more than just looking at, you know, well, what does a team do on a Tuesday back to back? I mean, that's, totally insignificant but <laughs> right. you know i with depending on the sport like over the years i've kind of found certain kind of like criteria that i like to single out and then kind of look at stuff and build stuff around it um and then to see and then like see where that takes me kind of thing mm-hmm. you know
0: well, as a writer i mean it certainly is trends are are like writer sports writer that's the thing i've learned so far from this job it's like your best friend in terms of you right. know, just you know gaining your uh I guess uh, fostering interest from your readers, but you know at hey, the same not, time, it's, yeah.
2: it's no different than normal sports writing, right? It's like you mm-hmm. say, oh, guys, you know, ten for twenty-one at the plate, you know, his last ten games mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just like it's the same thing. It's just if anything, you should take that trend and think think of it in reverse because more exactly. than likely it's going to turn it's going to turn the other way sooner rather than later, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so <laughs>
1: there,
2: there's that, but you know it's the whole regression back to the mean thing right and that's usually what i mean that the i feel like fading some narratives you know some
0: trends that are more narrative is is profitable at times too just because you know the right. the market factors in that trend and and odds makers i mean i see situations where odds makers are are factoring the trend into a line and and then bettors you know the betting public is betting into that line factoring you know putting more moving the line even more based off that trend so you're getting like a couple points of extra value on the other side when the trend's already accounted for in yeah. the original line so
2: yeah one thing i like to do when i do like build my kind of angles and stuff is like i don't like to look at the the vegas numbers or the betting lines at all you know i i like to keep that out of the equation until after the fact you know because i don't want that to like you know i don't want to like the market to like you know influence kind of push me in yeah push me into a certain direction that you know, where I'll start cherry-picking stuff to make it look like what I want, you know what I mean? I just Mm. try to keep it simple. I try to find an edge or, like, a a difference that, you know, most models will pick up on, you know, overarching in the numbers, but maybe not as, like, as much as it should in that particular game situation or that particular night type thing, you know? Like, Mm. you know, for example, I'm looking at... um, I mean, the sample size, again, it's irrelevant. But I'm looking at, like, the uh, SMU-Memphis game on uh, Saturday. You know, I'm probably going to try to watch this one. It looks like it's the best college game. Yeah, game, game day
0: is going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: you know, Outside of the Florida-Georgia game, I mean, this, this game is going to be fun to watch. But, you know, I was, like, looking at it, and I see the, the lines moving with Memphis. And I'm like, man, this, you know, I don't – in my head, I was just thinking to myself, all right, I don't feel like this Memphis team is as good as some of the ones they've had the past couple of years. So I like, one thing I like to do with college football is I like to group coaches with the team, you know, and look at Mm -hmm. how they've done year after year. Because, you know, once a coach gets in there, it's the same system, it's the same recruiting base, you know, year after year after year. There might be a year or two where they need to clean up, you know, dust off the cobwebs. Look at, like, what Saban did at Alabama. You know, he stunk his first year, but ever since then it's been, you know, Saban... But mm-hmm. uh, so anyways, I looked at Memphis and I'm like, I looked at Mike Norvell. He'd been there since 2016. I just wanted to see how he's done against ranked opponents, you know, from his own conference. And he's like two and four straight up and against the spread. And he's only been favored one time. And I'm like, why is the line like moving with this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, he's never won. You know, the two wins that he did win, he never won by more than four points and the lines up to six. So all of a sudden, like the, you know, the the sirens, like I just heard in the background. Are going yep, off yep, in Chicago. Miami. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, going, it's going off in my own head, you know. I'm just thinking, man, is, is Memphis really overvalued here? And then, you know, and then I started digging deeper. I'm like, well, one of their wins, and the only time they've been the betting favorite in this situation, you know, they beat Navy in 2017. I think it was like 30 to 27. And Navy had like five turnovers to one for the Tigers. I'm like, you know, they probably have never should have even been a favorite in this situation. Here they're favored by six. You know, and Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, man, there might be a little bit too much value. So this is like those type of situations, those type of betting angles that I'm kind of like, you know, gravitating towards, you know, Mm -hmm. sample size is tiny, but again, it's like, this is a spot that this guy's been in several times and this is what has happened in the past kind of thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. these are like the ways I like to kind of like group games or whatever.
0: Kind of like a Tom Herman as an underdog that everybody, everybody knew about over time, but I you know, just wonder if there is something to that. Is that guy, you know, is he exactly you know, just could, is there something about his coaching style that that uh you know he's reminding his team all week that they're underdogs or something. There's there might be something to that, but then at the same time, on the flip side, when you're looking at it, at it analytically, it's it's such a small sample size.
2: And, right, right. You know, I mean, over time, even if it was a bigger sample size, over time that number's always gonna move towards fifty percent anyways, but <laughs> you know, it's just that be that sample side in particular is really tiny, but I like to like kind of take games and look at it like that, you know. Uh and and depending on the league, it you know, I I like to build things or look at things through different lenses, you know. With the NBA it's about, you know, players and superstars, you know. In the NFL it's all team based unless it's, you know, one of the ten quarterbacks that can actually move the line more than a field goal, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll take right. that into the equation. <laughs> right. But uh, well, that, you know. this is another another example here, like um,
0: of over I guess, by the market. Like, I mean, I got burned by the Chiefs last week um, with with Matt Morin, but the market, you know, it it, it was pretty much pricing it because I remember that line was sitting it around. And there was a lot of uncertainty whether or not Mahomes would play last week, but mm-hmm. it was the market was pretty much assuming that he wouldn't, and they were offering. I think the, the line was four, it even got down to three and a half in favor of the Packers. And then when Mahomes was officially Ruled out of the game, you know the the line moved up. To, I mean, I saw it hit hit six with a, with extra juice uh, on the on the dog on a couple of offshore sites, and I feel like that's a situation there where the market, you know, it's factoring in something that the line was already factoring factoring into. And yeah. I'm st- still better, I lost that one, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that damn end, end game. But um, but no, like, in, and circling back to what you said about, cause you said something really interesting about college football uh, that I wanted to touch on, uh, but but just that. That sport in particular being the most the previous year's results um, allowing the most predictive value for the next the previous or the the following year. So I mean, for me on my college football stuff, I use so much from the previous year, and I and I usually don't start using you know this year's results until much later. Whereas in the NFL, I I start to trust the strength of schedule ratings a little more earlier on.
2: When I. I don't have a college football model this year, but when I do build those, I I do the same thing. I, you know, I come up with an expectation, expected wins type thing based on the last right. year's stats, right. and then I adjust my model and then whatever specific stuff I'm using to that, and you know, kind of like percentage it out so that your, you know, your that win expectations and stuff is going up or down depending on the current form and whatnot. So. Right just got to
0: factor in the freshman class, you know, the incoming class or any transfers and stuff. But yeah, that's a, that's a, so, um, so you said you're you're doing NFL right now when you were modeling college football, did you have any specific conferences that you particularly like to, to bet or handicap?
2: Uh, No, I mean, I would just mainly stick to the power five just because it's just so much work to do them all. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, when it's just getting, you know, college sports, both football and basketball, you know, it's um, it's a little bit different just because the talent gap is so wide. Uh, there could be some kind of like soft metrics built into a lot of those models, you know, mm-hmm. just because, you know, when when Alabama plays like a Sunbelt team, you know, they pull their foot off the gas at the end of the third quarter <laughs> right. or whatnot. It, it kind of like makes some noise in some of the numbers. So, um, you know, that I like to kind of weigh historical results, you know, conference to conference, division to division, and then kind of use that as a base, you know, particularly like at bowl season, you know, look, look how like a big 10 team has done against the Mountain West team the last 30 years. And, you know, just make them all neutral and just see what the edge is and then kind of build off of that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I like to pick like ranked versus unranked, you know, even like that whole public opinion kind of herd mentality. It's very, very valuable. You know, right. not many right. metrics going into the top 25 AP poll, but still, it's just no. valuable,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know? LSU, <laughs> LSU's number one right now. I mean, it's, right. It's I, if you talk to any Vegas handicapper, LSU is not in the top two, and not that close to it right now. But
2: Exactly. Um, but it can uh, be just as powerful because sometimes they're right, right? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, exactly. exactly. And they're, you know, it's, it's kind of like the randomness thing. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I like to like kind of, you know, narrow down certain, at least with college sports narrow down some stuff that way uh, as mm-hmm. far as like determining power rankings and then stuff like that. So, I mean, that's kind of basic stuff, but.
0: Mm-hmm. So your your like weekly process, I guess. I mean, you said you're not doing college football right now. Things are crazy right now, but uh, when you are doing it, do you find yourself uh, betting into a lot of opening lines on, on you know, Sundays, Mondays when those pop up or cause that, that's for, for me, that's, that's definitely yes. the bread and butter.
2: I, yeah. you know, I learned, I'm, just my own personal belief. I mean, I don't chase lines at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll fall on the right side just as many times as you'll fall on the bad side if you, like, <laughs> if you right. play that game. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, I'll, right. I'll just pick up a line. I mean, if if it's, you know, equating to my model, I'll pick it up whenever. You I mean, uh-huh. know, if I end up two points shy because I should have waited two days later, whatever, because I know the next time I try it, I'll be on the wrong side by two points kind of thing. It's just it's just one of those things so i don't i don't really line chase but i mean i am conscious of like you know key numbers and everything right. like you have yeah. to be especially well, like, hey, like this
0: there's a good example this week and we can touch on a couple games uh at, at the end here but like florida perfect example this week and i just wrote an article on this yeah. one of uh, florida uh, faces uh georgia at the you, at the neutral site in jacksonville and that the line's been sitting at six and a half all week and and I'm just wait. I'm waiting to click as soon as yeah. I see a seven somewhere. And I'm just like literally I have the screen up all day, I'm just waiting, 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 and uh, having you know that's as a, as a better. That's the difficulty, you know, having that that discipline. I'm not about to like pay minus yeah. one forty to to get the seven. You know, I gotta wait. Yeah. I could I could justify it at like minus one fifteen, but
2: who I'm knows if it would
0: ever pop up?
2: Yeah, I'm the same way with the uh, <laughs> I'm the same way with the Dolphins. My my model <laughs> have that game of pick them. And like I saw the line went down to three this week and I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna take that at all. I'll wait till it goes back up to three and a half or four or something, but if yeah. I play it at all. But you know, I saw and, that it, it steamed down from like a five and a half opener or whatnot.
0: And and that's a tough one to predict, like pub you know, where the public's gonna come in on that one in particular, just because they're going to you know, the Jets. Who wants yeah. to bet on the Jets right now? So you, you can see in the and you know, everyone's remembering what they saw last with with the Dolphins and up fourteen to nothing <laughs> on the Bills. You might get you know, it, it's one of those spots where I don't know if they will go back up to three and a half. It might, but, but, uh, but you know, who if knows? The
2: Dolphins are going to get a win. This will be the game. So, this would have to be
0: it, right? But then with those, with the end game play calling, though, I don't know if the coaching staff will allow them to. I don't know if you've seen some of those, like when the, the two point
2: conversion against the the Redskins yeah. it was one of the most comical plays I've ever seen. So. Well, the Jets, the Jets have been shooting themselves in the foot a lot, too, recently. So, we'll <laughs> see what true. goes on there. But I, I have deal. I mean, I that game just like popped up, you know, on the model. I haven't like played it or anything. I need to look closer. But I just looked at the line. I was like, all right, I'm just bypass that for now. Move on to the next one. Type. It's
0: one of those spots where, like, almost uh, not to go down another rabbit hole here, but I feel like if they're you know if the Redskins, uh, the Dolphins would be. i sorry, I'm saying a billion things at once. The Dolphins, I would like to play on them if they knew that another team that's kind of battling them for that the first draft pick has already won. I feel like they're more likely <laughs> to try and win that game if, if they could still solidify their chances of getting that first overall pick. Cause I, you know, that's what the upper management wants and everything. And, yeah. and I, I can't help but think that some of those play calls are coming from, from the top, you know, but, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, th- I feel like that's a spot where I'd be more likely to have confidence in playing on the dolphins. Um, who I, I agree. I think the, you know, I, I, I had the 14 with them in their last game against, uh, the uh got a brain fart i just said it earlier yes. the bills yeah. yeah and uh taking the, the two touchdowns there i mean that was a good spot but but at but, the same you know, time the <laughs> kicker
2: there is like you know if a guy gets a pick six he's not gonna fall down the one yard line right yeah exactly <laughs> he's be yeah should yeah. run it in it's like exactly they, they, <laughs> these
0: guys are still professional players you know, they, <laughs> right. you know they're trying to earn contracts and they have pride i mean these guys are pros but you know at the same time it's you know and you have the coaching staff calling plays like that it's it's just an interesting, it's a, it's a new NFL right now. It's just a new landscape. And, and, and just like the way you know, that the lack of parity. I feel like it's sort of finally, you know, catch up to the other leagues. Cause in the NFL, I mean, as you know, from year to year, you know, the, it's, it's, a, there's the most parody of, of any yeah. professional sport, but, but this year we're just seeing these crazy historical spreads with some of these teams. And, and I feel like that all, you could tie that in with maybe home field advantage changing a little bit too. I mean, I've, one of the articles I wrote for, for our sites a few weeks ago was on on that that notion of you know road underdogs covering at such a crazy pace and whether or not there's an actual home field advantage right now and and I think there's there's more to that than people even realize just because maybe advances in technology mm-hmm. um, and, and it's easier for players to to hear you know the play calls from their coaches and stuff and, yeah. and communicate with one another and and I think really it just comes down to the, the real home field advantage is. That's in the the fields with with weird grass like Green Bay. I know Pittsburgh has a weird thing with one of their, their end zones that make it makes it tougher for kicking and stuff. So I I I think that's where I'm more likely to look now. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. If you're if you're looking to to downgrade <laughs> home fields and stuff, or what, what well, you're doing I with mean, home field?
2: Yeah, home field advantage in the NFL. I mean, it's been shrinking for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like like you said, there's there's so many forces, and some of them aren't even really measurable. I don't think you know. It's just like you know, it's the whole idea of just traveling, you know, to a new space, you know, whether it's intimidation, lack of sleep. I mean, these things you just can't figure out. I mean, and like you said, there's stadium, you know, events that are going on, too, whether it's the 12th man in Seattle or the turf or whatnot. Um, you know, and, you know, there's also like if you look at uh, divisional opponents like division games, Hopefield Advantage, like in the last 20 years, it's a point less if it's a division matchup because they play each other twice, right? I've, they play yeah. each other every year. So like some of those factors get mediated a little you're bit. You're staying at the same
0: hotel rooms. Exactly. You're, doing, you're going to the there's same
2: like routine. A, there's like a comfort level. So there's, you know, there's things that are measurable, things that aren't whatever, you know, it's <laughs> home field advantage is like its own kind of magical thing, you know, but you yeah. can look at like the past results and see that it has been shrinking some in the NFL. Uh, right. Number wise, not, not a ton, but, um, it's it's still more than say the NHL or Major League Baseball, but it's not nearly as close to the advantage that NBA gets. You know, mm-hmm. home court advantage NBA is is really good.
0: How how are you treating the Chargers and how have you treated them since they they left? Because this week in particular, because they're playing the Packers and Packers, I think the lines three and a <laughs> half right now, and it's it's tempting, but it's one of those spots where you just know that at least sixty to seventy percent of the fans of this stadium are going to be wearing you know, the green and yellow. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, and I mean, for me, I, I think it like I have it around between a point and a point and a half, just because of what we were talking about before with the, the familiarity and waking up in your own bed and everything that still has its value. And Packers still have to obviously travel to the West coast, but, but from an actual like in game home field, you know, they're, the, the Packers fans will be louder in, the, in that yeah. game. So are, are you treating that similarly? Are you even awarding a home field? Cause I've heard the argument. Some guys say that, you should actually be, you know, a zero or, or maybe even award the Packers home field.
2: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. My model had that game at a zero. To be honest with you, I, I don't know why or how. but <laughs> it, it added a pickle. I, I think I gave up on the Chargers about five years ago. Um, they, you know, they've gone through that horrible spell where they could never, po- you know, finish off a game or whatever. It was insane, and it, it looks like that same. Thing is creeping back into that team. It's Anthony
0: it's Anthony Lynn factor, 100 yeah, percent It totally is.
2: But yeah, that watching that Monday night game with the Steelers, that was uh that was pretty funny just <laughs> all the fans in attendance. But yeah, I yeah. mean I would still I would still give the Chargers, just personally, I would still give them a home field advantage. I mean I wouldn't write it out at all. Um there's still other factors involved, not just rooting fans for the opposing team or whatnot. All right. Um, there's still like you said, it's the travel, it's the preparation, it's the unfamiliarity, it's all that stuff, so
0: yeah, yeah, at eating that, at your your trusted favorite restaurant that pregame meal you know yeah, Things yeah. things come into place um let's let's finish with some games uh, that you're looking at this weekend um and you know you could take this wherever you want I mean is yeah. there anything that you're uh, anything you've bet so far is there any any games that you're looking uh, at <laughs>
2: <laughs> um looking at tonight right now I'm, trying to figure out what to do with the Cardinals and Niners. Um, yeah,
0: that's 10.5 uh, I'm seeing at some spots right yeah. now, which is just, I mean, that's I'm, crazy.
2: I think I had it like 27-20 Niners, but I'm not confident enough to pick the cards. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm Actually, I'm kind of leaning to the over on that game maybe. Um, Cardinals have given up like 27 points in all four of their home games this year which included, like, Kyle Allen's first start with the Panthers, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with because they, like, play so fast, you know. I mean, their defense is inefficient as all get-out as well, but but they lead the league in, like, neutral, you know, situation-neutral pace, meaning they get up to the ball and snap it, like, right away kind of thing. And, and especially
0: like at end of the not to interrupt you, but like that's extra valuable. Like later up for like a live over because exactly. that that grinds down defenses. You know, are exactly. running those plays that fast in the second half; they're that much more tired. Right. And you've seen that with the Cardinals; they put up bigger points in the second right. half.
2: And then San Fran, when you take like you know the hurry up situations out of the picture and just milking the clock or whatever, they're like 11th in the league. So you got two teams that play above average pace. And I'm looking at the total, and it's below what the average total is for the NFL this year, and it's just like, you know, ding, ding, ding. This might be a a good spot to try to, you know, target, you know. So if I have any action on the game tonight, it will probably be on whatever the over is. I think it was at 44 or something earlier, Mm -hmm. 44 and a half. I can't remember.
0: Thursday night overs. You're a brave man.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, I could see the game ended up 20 to 7 or something, but, I mean, Mm -hmm. that Garoppolo is just – he's a monster with uh, Shanahan. I mean – if in the games that he has played, where he's actually like made it through the first like ten snaps or whatever, <laughs> you know, he, they're thirteen and two. You know, and they literally average like twenty eight points. The Niners have just been a beast with him. He's uh, a winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they got it going on. I just I don't see them like you know until the wheels come off. It's just hard to you know no, yeah, no. bet against it. But um, I actually I'm you know my model picked out a few games. I actually kind of like the Bears. I'm not really a Bears better, but you know, they're, I think they're catching like five and a half. And I was looking at it and I'm like, they've played 10 road games under Matt Nagy, right? They have never lost by more than a field goal. And they're wow. catching five and a half. And I'm like, that defense is, you know, they're going to keep them in every single game. You know, plus it's and the it's, revenge
0: angle, too, from last year. I mean, you yeah. know, they've had this circled on their calendar.
2: Right, it's like it's like you know. I know the offense stunk really badly last week, but if anything, it could go anywhere. You know, it has nowhere else to go but up, type of thing. And you know, I see them catching like five and a half, almost six points in some spots, or five points. It's just like anything above that key number with this matchup, you know, and that defense. You know, I'm I'm just gonna take it blindly until some something happens to that defense because right now it's still a beast you know
0: it's tempting and, and to circle back to what we were saying about our you know our market timing i think i, I myself am in no rush to play this i am mean, definitely like lean the Bears side but it's kind of a no man's land like you said at five and a half it's one of those like spots where you yeah. really want the seven to bet it but it'll never get to seven <laughs> but but uh you know it's one of those spots where you can see the, the public coming in remember what they saw last with the, the eagles you know looking like yeah. world beaters against the bills and the, you can see a six i could totally see a six coming
2: yeah, that, uh, yeah the eagles i mean they've been like a 500 team in the last calendar year i don't, I don't know what happened with that but right. um trying to think what else looking at college i actually might play the um, michigan over i uh, was trying to look at the big 10 schedule which is like minuscule this week um, yeah like four games and no, no real good teams outside of Michigan. But I was looking at it, and like, I, the number caught my eye because it's the second highest total ever for Harbaugh against an unranked Big Ten opponent, right? And I, I was looking at it, and it's like he's hit six of seven overs with anything north of 52 points in this situation. And the, thing, the team averages 49.6 points per game. You know, And like we've seen this before with an offense at, at Michigan. It's like they stink, stink, stink. And all of a sudden they have like a coming out party and then they catch fire for like three or four weeks. Right. So you know, <laughs> after like hitting up Notre Dame for 45 and like the worst conditions known to man, I, mean, I could see them just lighting up Maryland for 50 points, you know, and Maryland just coming in for some scraps later just to push it over 55 and a half or whatever it is.
0: So, like, dating back to last week, I mean, like, I had that under in that Michigan game, and I was cursing out Harbaugh <laughs> because of the, I mean, like, they were, I mean, come on, man, come on. Like, that was a stone-cold winner, and yeah. it was, it was, I think they put up, I don't even know how many points in the fourth, but they just he kept his foot on the gas, and I think, to your point about this game, I think it's taking it over, and that one is is directly, I mean, you have to you have to handicap Harbaugh's propensity in this one to run up the score. Otherwise, I mean... Do you think he's he's going to do that? Do you
2: think it's one of those spots where he's just going to say F you to, to his no, opponents? he will do that. Him? I mean, yeah. he, I look at some of his, like, past results against Rutgers, right? I mean, he dropped <laughs> 72 on him or something that one year. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I don't think he wants to, like, slow down. The, I mean, it's all about confidence. This, the offense has no momentum prior to last week, right? I mean, it's like he doesn't want to lose that. Just keep it going.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so usually in those spots, and I agree with you, I do think, I mean, watch him not do it if I bet the over this, but, uh, but like in those spots where I'm just not sure, you know, it's usually like to target the first half over, at least, you know, diversify with, with the first half over, just to kind of take out that angle of sitting down on the ball. And, you know, you'd see that with Saban in previous years, yeah. except last year, you know, Saban would always, especially with one of my favorite angles, um, in especially college football is, is, is the notion that coaches love to preserve shutouts and I always right. like to look at, you know, if there's a big lead with a major team um, in the second half, I usually look to try and play the under. And it makes sense. I mean, there's nothing, there's no breaking news here. Obviously they have a big lead. They want to avoid injury, get to next week and sit on the ball a little bit. But sometimes I feel like, you know, odds makers, they just go to their chart and stuff on that. They, you know, they'll, they'll see, you know, they'll do the, the conversion and and they don't factor that in as much, you know, the, the yeah. desire to, to keep the zero on the scoreboard on the opposing team. But, Having said that, Arizona or Arizona, um, Alabama last year, there was an anomaly with that. Just because when they put in their their second string guys, you know, with that monster lead in the second half, their backup quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, you know, they can <laughs> accidentally you know, you can accidentally score four touchdowns in the second half when they're trying to run it out. And then that defense obviously is just a behemoth, you know, scoring you know, like seemingly every week. So mm-hmm. last year, I think if you were if you're, you're well, first of all, you're catching like every first half with Bama last year, but, but trying to play that angle with Sabin last year sitting on the ball just did not work. I know they won a lot of second halves last year, too.
2: So I just, uh, hold on, I'm looking up right now. Uh, so, like, yeah, so Sabin, you know, like you said, putting your foot off the gas, but that, like you said, preserving the shutout. I just looked this up since 2012, when Sabin plays like a non conference opponent on SEC, and he's laying more than 30 points, the under is 14 and 5, Yeah, because they only give up 6.1 points per game, right. you know, it's right. like, like you're saying, I mean, they want to preserve that low score, they don't want to, you know, those third stringers are still going to be better than whatever the Sunbelt Conference, and whatever mm-hmm. other conference they play against, uh, you know, has to throw at them or whatnot, so...
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's like bulletin board material that zero on the other team's side, but like, I've, it's one of my favorite angles in live betting for college football. But I
2: but, think uh, anything single digits is, yeah. is hang your head worthy, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Unless I guess they're playing like a nickel state or something like that. Maybe it's you, you want to preserve it, <laughs> yeah. But, but but uh, yeah, so I mean, you got any you said you have for college, you're looking at that
2: over in Michigan, you got anything else, or is that? Uh, I mean, I'm still thinking about taking the S- points with SMU. I'm not totally sold on this Memphis team. And mm. There's definitely like a change in the guard going on in the AAC. I don't, I don't think that the, the vision's any or conference is any weaker. Uh, we just see new teams kind of taking back the top spots, right? <laughs> right. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I was going to play that state game tonight, but strong thunderstorms are coming through with 20-mile-per-hour winds, so I'm just going to. Yeah, I saw that. Can- I'm just gonna eat some candy and watch that one on TV. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, saw that line come down too. I mean, it was, it was like 17
0: and a half. I think the last time I saw it was 15. Uh, in that one.
2: Yeah, there is a. They definitely want. They want a piece of Georgia Southern after last year. And they have yeah. the talent to do it. So. All
1: right.
0: All right. Well, I think that'll do it here. I know you got to go. Uh, you got to pick up your kid from school and do some trick or treating. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That crazy, the crazy North Carolina weather that you're you're telling me before we. We started recording here. The it's tornado watch out there. Yeah,
2: we peak peak thunderstorms right at six o'clock. So wow. actually, just I just got a message on my phone saying they canceled trick or treating. So. Oh,
0: that's a kid's nightmare. Oh yeah, my I god! Know. <laughs> well, I'm, look, I'm looking outside right now here in Chicago, and literally my my front window, I'm seeing snow falling sideways with the wind i'm not even kidding it's it's crazy so we both have to have to navigate that the precipitation to get our candy tonight but yeah (laughs) all right man well dude thanks so much for coming on um uh, where where do people find you on twitter it's it's eric underscore dewberry correct
2: yeah yeah i'm not super active on it but um you you know (laughs) i sometimes will post one or two things but yeah no just people know but that that's right yeah Cool. Cool.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on
2: and uh, and sharing, sharing your stuff with us. I'll uh, talk to
0: you later, man. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Take care. Later. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. That was awesome. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Dewberry. And like I said, on last week's pod, uh, college hoops is right around the corner. Uh, So let's just say that sleep has been hard to come by at doggy juice headquarters. But let's still finish up the podcast with a few best bets, uh, or at least the way I'm leaning in uh, Couch Football Week 10 and NFL Week 9. Hello! It's not the best week of games this week in college Football, and on top of that, I just haven't found as much value as I normally do on this card. Usually I love to look the way at the big dogs at this time of year, the big ugly dogs, but it seems like a lot more games are properly priced this week, although I admittedly didn't spend as much time on the early week market this week as I normally do, just mainly due to college hoops prep and other obligations, but the Florida Gators against Georgia, neutral site, Jacksonville, you really want to get plus seven for a full position on this one, but you know do it for less at plus six and a half, which is the prevailing market price right now on Thursday, but... Uh, I, anything less than minus 120 at the full touchdown, I think, is a good price. I was able to get that, actually, even today. It's out there, if you can shop around for a plus 7 and minus 120 with the Gators. Uh, it's just a great spot for them, and I wrote about this today in Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News, uh, just mainly you know, detailing how this game, how I expect it to go. But Florida, it's a great time to, to play on them in this spot. They're expected to get three players back on Saturday. Wide receiver, Kadarius Tony. He's a dynamic guy out, out the open field. He's set to return from a shoulder injury that he suffered in week two. And even more importantly, they're going to get the Gators two really important pass rushers back, Jonathan Greenard and Jabari Zuniga. They've both been dealing with uh, with ankle injuries, and that's going to be huge because the, when they return because Georgia's offensive line is one of the top offensive line units in the country, and, and Florida getting pressure on Jake Fromm is going to be key to their success on Saturday. And on the flip side, it's going to be key to protect against the Georgia defensive line. And Florida quarterback Kyle Trask, he replaced Franks. He continues to improve with every passing week. And he's really showing his comfort level with the offense. I mean, Florida's just looked fantastic the past few weeks. And this is a spot where I have the game lined closer to three, just a, a tad above three for Georgia. So getting this many points of Florida is a good play this week, in my opinion. I also like the spot. And, and also Dan Mullen, Florida coach. Um, i heard this from Paul Stone. Didn't come up with this one myself, but uh, he's a college football handicapper, Paul Stone. He said that Mullen, uh, dating back to his time with Mississippi State, he's, he's been an underdog 28 times, and his teams are 20-8 and 8 against the spread as an underdog. So this is a good spot to get involved with Florida with this many points. It's an inflated line, so take the Gators at plus 7, plus 6.5 for less. The only other game I'm going to discuss here before we move on to NFL and and hear from Danimal is Washington plus three and a half at home against Utah. Just a half unit play on this one. Uh, I also wrote about this one for Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News, and and I think it's a great spot to get on Washington off the buy. They've owned this matchup, and this is a spot where Utah you just you know Utah has been looking forward to this game. They've had you know they've two seniors, their senior quarterback, senior running back. They've lost. Every year to, to Washington, and they've had this game circled clearly. But the problem is, I think the betting markets overvaluing Utah in this spot. and This line's just a little too it's too high. So at three and a half, I'll take the points with Washington here. I think this game should be closer to a pick'em. Do have Utah slightly favored, but, but this is just too many points. So I think it's a, it's a good time to get involved with Washington coming off the bye week at home in this spot. All right, let's before we move out of NFL, let's hear what Danim has to say.
1: What is up everybody, Danimal checking in. Week nine from snowy Chicago. This sucks, I'm depressed, I hate it. I know people say, well, you live in Chicago, what do you expect? No, it sucks. It's still October and it is a whiteout. But this means it's football on the couch all weekend, as if I wasn't already. More football, more gambling, more winning, it's easy. Let's get into this week. TCU plus three over Oklahoma State. I loved the bet to begin with. Oklahoma State, bad, bad, bad team coming off an outright upset, which they did last week over Iowa State. One in five against the spread recently in these games. Nope. And Mr. Twitter himself, I found out that Oklahoma State's wide receiver, best player, blew his knee out. Easy, easy, easy bet. Max, all in, TCU, plus three. Army, plus 14 and a half. I mean, it's it's a rivalry game, no? Playing Air Force. I'm over Air Force. Stupid, stupid Falcon that died. They never won with me for those games. So we're going Army. And it's my totals guy who picked a side, but whatever. He's the best guy I'm following right now. Easy bet, Army. Middle Tennessee State minus three over Charlotte. I actually had Charlotte last week. I don't know why, but it won. This week, Middle Tennessee Tennessee State minus three. I was listening to the Bear, Stanford Steve. They told me to do it. A little Googling, I'm on it. IU minus 10.5. Northwestern is awful. I don't think they can score 10 points. They can't. IU scored 20. They covered the spread. IU minus 10.5. Colorado, UCLA, over 65. I admit, I hate UCLA. They're getting better. Chip Kelly, they've figured out a little bit. In Colorado, they can't stop anyone. This game flies over 65. Onto the NFL. Square bets, I know. But I love them. I love each and every one of these. Bills, minus 10, over the Redskins. Redskins are dead. Bills got it handed to them by the Eagles. Great bounce back game at home. They win by 20. Jets, minus three over Miami. I know. I keep going back to the will with the Jets. They have to win this game. They can't lose to Miami. They cover the three. Cleveland, minus three over Denver. Another square pick. I know. It's a must win for Cleveland. They can't afford to lose this. Denver, Flacco, somehow got hurt. Nobody knows how. Starting a new quarterback. Browns blow out Denver on the road. Last Detroit, Oakland, over 51. I've been pounding Detroit's overs left and right. Giants, over. Detroit just scores. And Oakland, they'll keep up with them. This game, over 51, easy. It flirts with 60. Everybody back to the cave. Depression setting in. Let's just sweep the table, baby. Danimal, out.
0: All right, thank you for that one, Danimal. Moving on to NFL Week 9. We are in a new era of lack of parity in the NFL. It's certainly been the story of the year so far. Uh, last week, every single double-digit favorite covered. Every game went under in those games, too, which is another anomaly that we're seeing. Usually, you know, you see a correlation when those big, huge favorites cover the game tends to go over. But we're seeing less of that now just because the defenses are that much stronger and the offenses and some of these tanking teams are just brutal. You know, obviously the usual usual suspects right now with with the dolphins and the redskins and some of these piss poor teams but i touched on it with eric earlier the home field advantage is changing and uh, just the way we see it with new technology and everything so that's another thing to keep your eye your eyes open to but in terms of games i like this week the panthers at home i think this is a great spot for them to jump back i really was hoping to get involved minus 3 this is a full you know full on units even more than one unit play i love them in this spot i have this game closer to 6 but Three and a half, there's no fault in taking them at that price for less. Uh, Look to get maybe a cheaper money line as well. I I did scoop up some money line at a a cheaper number earlier in the week. But I really like the Panthers in this spot returning home to face the Titans. Another team I'm on, again, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers. Really was hoping to catch plus seven in this one, but it's settling out at six. They're in Seattle. This team is underrated by the marketplace. They should have won last week. That's... um, non or sorry the, the blown whistle on that one play on the defensive score literally costs uh, cost me money, and anybody that played the Buccaneers last week cost, cost that money as well, but they did cover the teaser leg last week, and I do think this team's still underrated by the market. Obviously, you're going with Jameis Winston, but when you look at all the other metrics, the Buccaneers do jump off the page. They've faced a really difficult schedule. To start the year, it gets easier, so I think it's a good time to buy on them. Seattle, I think, still a little bit overrated by the marketplace, but uh, you really want to get seven in this game. We'll see where the market takes it, but so just play it for less. I don't think it's it's worth a, anywhere near a full position at less than a touchdown, but if it does creep up to seven, that's a full play with, with Tampa Bay. And finally, uh, take a peek at Trubisky's rushing yards prop on Sunday. The numbers haven't come out yet, but I think this is a spot where we really should look to play him just because the Eagles, they know, obviously, the Bears' weaknesses. The Bears are... Playing against Philadelphia this week, they Philadelphia is one of the best rush defenses, but an abysmal secondary, and they're gonna they're gonna dare Trubisky to throw the ball on them. And I think it's a spot where he just knows everybody's talking about him. He knows his job's in jeopardy, his future's in jeopardy, and he's gonna do whatever it takes and be extra aggressive. So don't be surprised to see him carry the ball And, and when he's trying to find receivers, can't find anybody open. He's gonna have more rushing attempts. That's another prop I would look at potentially. Trubisky rushing attempts over. I'm going to peek at the numbers once they're released uh, widely everywhere. Maybe I'll try and tweet out or post something uh, to see, like, where the best numbers are at or something like that. But that's an angle that I'm looking to play uh, this Sunday with the Bears. And then finally, my teaser of the week, teasing the Jaguars up through the key numbers of 3-7 and along with the Steelers up to plus 7.5 with both teams. The Jaguars are in London against the Texans. Wrote about this teaser of the week on the websites. I like both these spots, asking both these teams to lose by a touchdown or less. So teaser with the Jaguars and the Steelers, plus seven and a half. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. Thank you to Eric Dewberry for coming on today. That was awesome. Be on the lookout for a potential special college basketball preview pod early next week. I'm hoping to get it done. I'm going to Denver this weekend, so it's you know, time's a little bit limited, but I'm still working on my college hoops prep, and I would really love to record something, just touching on some teams that I'm looking to buy and sell early on in the year. I've went on record a few times saying that I love Illinois, playing on them early this year. I think that's a great buy-on team. And I wrote an article this week for Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News previewing the Big Ten college basketball season uh, and what to look for from every team in the Big Ten so be sure to check that out and Joe Rogers wrote an excellent article today previewing the Notre Dame season and then our other writer Joe Bazell, he also writes college hoops so we're gonna have a lot of great college hoops coverage on those websites be sure to bookmark those and check those out on a daily basis because we'll have tons of content coming your way uh, otherwise, that'll do it. Hope everyone enjoys your Halloween and your weekends. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DoggyJuice. And if you can leave a, a review and a rating on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. All the love we can get really helps. But appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend and good luck with your bets. I'll talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out.